Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. It's Friday, November 20th. How you doing, Tyler? So good. Awesome, man. Just me and Tyler on the show today. Uh, Russ has to, uh, or gets to, be a dad to his sweet little... Yeah, gets the privilege of being a uh, a father to his sweet little daughter, Kate, this morning. I'm actually kind of surprised the show is happening this morning. I think you were up late. I was up late watching football. I don't know what you were doing. Probably a house project seems to be your thing. Oh, work. Last night was, was all work focused. Oh, man. Okay. Well, here we are committed just for our listeners. We're here for y'all. Uh, and in the vein of being here for y'all, let me just, let me, let me, let me just get into this real quick. Okay. NordPass, one of the password managers out there, right? Not sponsored. These are the most common passwords that people are using in 2020. Oh, okay? no, I don't I'm even embarrassed. Hear it. I'm I embarrassed. Okay. I don't want to hear it. These are the top, <laughs> are the top ones. Number one, what, what would you guess it is? Password. <laughs> That's number four. Oh, wow. Really? So before I even get in these, the fact that you have such a simple password and you're using the password manager to remember it just blows my mind. Oh, my gosh. I wasn't even thinking about that. Yes. This is no. Yeah. If you're going to use a password management software, it should be something that you will never remember, even though you have seen it before. Right. I'm going to set my headset down. I'm going to go pray. I think I need to go pray. <laughs> you, you, you gotta. Ha- I mean, it's got to be some sort of weird hieroglyphics alien language, right? That yeah, you, you would never understand. Not thirty-two password. to sixty-four characters, and if you could remember it, then like, yeah. you should be entering yourself into competitions or something. I don't know. That's so, and, and they do this every year. Uh, number one in their password management system is one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, even better. Yeah, used at on uh, let's see, two point five million uh, different users. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they have next to it time to crack less than a second. Oh yeah, no kidding. And, <laughs> right you, there, know, you know, you know what's sad about it is that like one, all of these passwords. I'm not looking at the list right now. I guess I could be, but um, all of them are in Rainbow Tables at this point. Um, if they weren't, then they were as soon as they published them. But I guarantee you, they were. So it doesn't matter. And it, I think we've talked about this, but anybody that doesn't know what a rainbow table is, basically hackers that are building the brute force engines that are going to go and try to get into services and stuff like that through electronic means as opposed to like phishing or social engineering, they they build out basically a header for the number of guesses that they're going to do. Instead of trying every single combination, it starts with every password that's ever been in a leak that they got their hands right. on. So yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six is in all of them right at the top. <laughs> That's right. And so it, it is literally just like the first guess. It's like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, insane. it's and, insane. And if it was the four millionth guess, they would still be in. And they probably have over four million passwords. Don't reuse your passwords and don't use easy ones. <laughs> so number two is one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine. <laughs> Number three is actually the most uh, complex one on the list. Um, yeah. This one, it said time to crack is actually three hours. Everything else on the list is is less than a second. Number three is new to the list, new to the top ten. It's picture one, Why? which is confusing to me. I'm, I'm how, curious how, how many picture... people learn on picture. Yeah, picture and then the number one. Picture. That's it. Is it is really easy to type? I bet it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. No, not really. There are definitely easier words. I have found like early before I started doing super hard passwords, I gravitated towards um, words that were like an English word, but that allowed me to flow my fingers extremely fast. So anything that I could use, like basically all eight of the primary tappy taps um, and and (laughs) do it really fast. And and some words that start with P uh, fell into that into that gap. So that's interesting. You just reminded me of the fact um, that stewardesses is the longest word that you can type with just the left hand. Just the left hand. I do. I learned that, that in like seventh grade, and I've never forgotten it. Um, also, I saw a funny meme about uh, I can't remember who posted it, but there was two people sitting at a table. There was a lady on the left, and she was representing the left shift key, and there was a gentleman on the right, and he was representing the right shift key. And there were, I think, either like one microphone in front of him, and there was like 30 microphones in front of the left shift key. It's kind of funny. The point uh, is you I'm, used your left shift key way I'm the back, more. I'm backwards. Right. I'm the backwards what? guy. And I, and I am almost certain that that's inefficient, right? But for some reason, my brain trained itself that way. I almost never use the left shift key. What? Yep. Okay. Uh, my left pinky is very dexterous. Or sorry, my right pinky is. Fun fact, fun fact. Okay, let's get on to the rest of the list. Um, number four, Wait. password. Oh, number yeah. five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Which is hilarious that that's, that is below uh, one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Right. And above one, two, three, five, six. I mean, this list is actually hilarious for a lot of reasons. Number six is just one, 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 one. <laughs> and then the rest of them, it's just one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero. All the way up. So. You know what though? I'm gonna I'm gonna Come throw on, a little bit of shade at uh, lots and lots of what I assume are websites or web apps too, because they clearly don't have any sort of complex password requirements whatsoever. Oh, that is a good point. One 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 one. That is what six ones. What the f? <laughs> That's a really good point. That's a good point. Unless people are like they're storing their password for their uh, home security system or the safe in their house or something. <laughs> oh, sure, possible. Cats. But like one, two, three, four, like, five, I'll six. Never, that's two like, and a half million. Remember. Yeah. Let, let me just walk over to my laptop and get my Nord password for the safe. I'm not saying <laughs> oh, people right. don't do it's that. One, one, I'm one, sorry one, if one. I just <laughs> criticized you outright. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't think that two and a half million people are using NordPass to store safe passwords that are one, 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 one. <laughs> in this case, one, two, three, four, five, six. So no, criticisms not, abound there. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I'm not sorry if uh, if you're being <laughs> criticized by this. Go and change That's your true. password. You, you really shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what though? Um, and, and we brought this up a while ago, and I I've used it. Um, I use Chrome a lot. I know a lot of people use Chrome. I know a lot of people criticize using Chrome. I use Firefox too. Mozilla stuff has always been good, but um, I do like the convenience of like. Google's password manager, also the freeness. Uh, and somebody's welcome to come on and criticize how they do everything there. Open to it, would like to hear it. So please join us. But they rolled out, what was it, like six months ago, maybe even less, um, a basically a password warning system that checks stuff like those rainbow tables and any major yeah. leaks and then actually categorizes all of your saved passwords in Chrome and says, hey, these 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 were in a breach. Like, we don't know if somebody's mm-hmm. using them, but we can assume pretty soon, if not already, that it's in a rainbow table, for instance. So, not only does it highlight that, and it highlights it. I mean, uh, 
regularly, right? So if you go into a website and and it says, do you want to you know use the stored password? It'll say, hey, you've got issues. Pull it up, look at it. It says you've got four passwords that are breached, which highlights two problems. One, I was reusing passwords in a few places. And two, obviously, it was in a breach. And uh, it gives you a heads up. So it made it really easy to go through and just go use new, yeah. strong, randomly generated passwords. So. Yeah, Dashlane does that as well. Um, it, it's really good. It, cool. it will tell you, hey, this is this has happened, this is leaked, whatever, and it'll help you change the passwords. There's mm-hmm. actually a number of sites where you can just click, yep, change my password, and it will go and log in. Oh, that's cool. It, it's automated in in a sense of uh, being able to go and change the password for you. Man, that's itself, which is awesome. That's the future right there, because yeah. then it's not just you've got this password and this potential that it was leaked or something, but you just algorithmically say, hey, I want you to change passwords on it. maybe this swath of sites every three months. I just want you to yeah. roll them, take a new strong password and throw it in there. Um, and yes. and that, that even protects in some ways against a breach of their system, which I think is one of the big fears of password aggregators or, yeah. or password vaults, is that if they're the ones that get busted, A, a lot of right. strong passwords are out there. But they're not, the thing about the generated ones, they're not special. You don't remember them most of the right. time. I mean, that's what I was going to say. If you've got I, one 32 character password that's really long and complex that you can remember, that's probably not a bad thing to have at your disposal. But you don't have to worry about it. If it gets breached, you just change it and move on. Yeah. If we if we can get to a system like that where it is where it can go and fully automate changing it, I never want to know what the passwords are. Yeah, there I want you go. Change maybe daily, right? You know. Who whatever. do you work for? I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all right what other news do we got here you you dropped a bunch of stuff in here what are you looking at i did okay so so there are a couple of really cool ones that uh well creep right into the stuff that i'm always interested in one was uh physics news and uh physicists in the netherlands 3d printed a microscopic version of the uss voyager um from star trek which uh if you're if you're a nerd you know live long prosper awesomeness but um the the particularly interesting thing was one they were able to do this on a microscopic level which is really cool two it's a complex shape but three it wasn't so much how they did it though that was interesting because it was kind of like what we talked about with lasers and you know overlapping and getting stuff done in really tiny volumes even though the kind of source maybe has a bigger dot um is why and the what they were researching and why they produced this was uh, to look at microscopic shapes basically for creating um, payload delivery on microscopic sales. So what we talked what? to your sister McKinney about. Yeah. So so the problem we have, one of many, I'm sure, and, and it would have been fun if this article had been out when we were talking to your sister, right, was that blood is viscous. And if uh, if you even just sort of think through the thought experiment, trying to propel yourself in a viscous fluid, like think swimming in molasses, does not work like a swimming pool because the resistance of the fluid is basically going to screw up everything you were trying to do just by pushing. And it changes, dramatically changes the physics of trying to propel yourself along inside this fluid. So in viscous fluids, it's a lot more like, how do you steer something in the flow? And so being able to print really specific shapes at that scale repeatedly, let them do a lot of really cool testing. So they learned things about, um, I think it's high Reynolds numbers, right? So moving to viscosity or viscosity moving to um, 
turbulent flow uh, differently. But basically, like longer shapes move faster, and they were you know printing um, like metal chains, like little balls in a chain that had tails that would react to magnetic changes that would change the direction of the thing as it just kind of got drugged through a fluid, which I assume was like blood or perhaps it was actually blood when they were testing. Anyways, it was really cool stuff. Dude, so my my brain immediately went to the fact that Miss Frizzle and the Magic School Bus had this going on in the late 80s. <laughs> yep. I don't know if you remember that. Inside That's the awesome. Human Body. so true. Yes, absolutely. Shrink There's the school bus. You know, they, they, a good, uh, a good, uh, aerodynamic, you know, (laughs) probably not, probably not. No. Uh, you know, they revamped that. that. They, they refreshed the magic school bus show. So they, they, but yeah, it's, it's like CGI now and it's actually really good too. So they did a great job refreshing it. My, my kids have seen quite a few of those. It's awesome. People. I always loved magic school. bus. put in front of that sometimes. Yeah. What else you got? I got a, I got a fun one, but. Let's Dude, I got I, I got nothing. I just wanted to shame people about their passwords this morning. <laughs> I could look stuff up, but you, no, no, you have fine. a list here. Let's walk through your I list. I do. Yeah. Okay. So um, another uh, another shout out to Google this morning. Um, something I actually missed, and I think I got to go check my phone. I think I, I meandered away from Google's native messenger um, for a couple of reasons. Mostly for, for a little while there, it just got really inefficient like it was slower to deal with it had all kinds of issues um any android out there android user out there knows that if you're working with iphone users wait dude i'm sorry i I mean i have to uh, sorry i have to pause and take you back to the previous thing i I just clicked on the link that you had did you was i just not listening but they 3d printed a little boat as well I don't know what a benching boat is, but there's like a fishing (laughs) boat here. (laughs) Okay, so all right, let's let's take that step back. Micrometers. It is so so benchy. Benchy is a standard in the 3D printing community. Um, Okay. So if if you're reading something about printing or changing or doing anything, benchy is almost certainly part of it. So it it is. Everywhere, it's prolific at this point. People will make benchies the size of actual boats, uh, just to you know, prove they can on large scale, large volume three D printers. Is the benchy the boat or the benchy? Like it's the, the it is the boat. boat. Uh, the boat design. I it's the yeah, it's the boat design exactly. So so benchy is almost always part of these. In fact, I was reading um a, a little thing um yesterday in be, in between stuff I was doing late last night where uh so there's a three D an open source three D printed three part scanning system so it's a i think it's like 3d scan pie or something like that um and forgive me i didn't put it in the notes so i'm not looking at it right now but basically it is a 3d printed part scanner that uses an uh raspberry pi and cameras that are compatible with it um to scan parts and create the models to then print them and one of the things that a guy who did a bunch of research and was tuning it did was print recursively uh scanning printing scanning printing scanning benchies 50 and then 100 times so he printed a benchy you know perfect on his tuned printer scanned it on his 3d printed part scanner and then printed it over and over again until he had this weird blob of a kind of boat looking thing it was pretty fun (laughs) that's funny so sorry you were asking a specific question about that boat and yeah i know that makes sense (laughs) so benchy Benchy is short for benchmark. So this boat it design is, yeah. is okay. Okay. That makes yeah, sense. So sorry, okay. I, I didn't even mention that. So it, it is um 
it, it helps you determine because because certain shapes um, in Benchy, right, like the curvature of the outside of the boat. And if you go mm-hmm. Google Benchy, anyone can see this. Um, it also has small features, but basically you can use those features to figure out if you've got problems with bed leveling or uh-huh. you know axis traversing problems or step functions, stuff like that. Uh, even hot ends, you know, distance from the plate, all of it. You can basically use Benchy as a way to uh, assess the health of your your 3D printer setup. That's really cool. That yeah. makes total sense. It's yeah, it's, uh, it's like cool. any sort of it's you know benchmark. Arguably not the best yeah. benchmark now. They have some other ones uh, that also don't use a ton of filament because that's usually the the balances. You could print this massive, massive benchmark that checks everything and just shows you all the striations and what you're doing wrong. But it could use like two pounds of filament to get there, and that's not really a, a very yeah. efficient benchmark, right? Okay, I'm sorry. You let's no, go back to the other no, thing. That was fun. You were talking about uh, Google. Yeah, or Google's Messenger. Anyway, so I, yeah, I went down a rabbit hole there too. Basically, they released a a rich communication um, messenger uh, a, a while back, I guess. So I, I need to go check it back out. But they are introducing right now in beta um, end-to-end encryption across all Google Messenger, um, I guess, users. And oh, and Android it, messaging. Yeah, in Android message. So the the native Google release messenger, and we've talked about Android fragmentation and all the OEMs and flagship stuff like that. Like Russ's phone is absolutely going to default to this as a messenger because it's Google's native Pixel. You know, yeah. it's a clean operating system. And then my phone wouldn't because it was a Samsung phone. Uh, and then I used Google's messengers because I liked it. And then I moved to something else. But um, that's neat. Be, but one of the things that stood out in the article wasn't so much that it's coming. That's that's awesome. Like end-to-end encryption between you and other Android users in this case, that just every message is fully encrypted, cryptographically protected is, I think, a great step for people's privacy. But it was interesting that it specifically highlighted that ISPs are against this for some reason. Or not ISPs, the uh, carriers. Why? I don't know. It didn't get into that. But apparently, the carriers have been resisting end-to-end encryption on devices. And I don't know if that's because the... Oh, you know what? I'll bet that is why. This is total speculation on my part. But my guess is that they're the ones that get the the legal requests to provide basically the keys or to... Sure. But if if it's encrypted and they can't, then it's... Why? I mean, why does it matter? To that's, a, that's a good point. It's not like they're going to be the owners of it. I don't know. They, yeah, they I would say, I, look, you know, yeah, the, the safe is locked. Employees don't have access. Sorry. You can maybe ask let's, for it. let's just assume there. it's because they're evil. All right. <laughs> AT&T, <laughs> no, I have what no are you idea. up to? Yeah, I, I don't know why they're doing it um, or why they're resisting it or why it was called out that way. But I thought it was cool because yeah, obviously Google's Messenger is broadly used in the Android community. It's, it's a good platform. Um, it has all the so, things now, video, voice, image, all that crap. But it's uh, now doing encryption or so for android um sms do you use the native app or do you use a a, a, a google store app or what do you i'm use? using a different one right now but i want to go test out google's because i don't i think i ditched google's native one before they did the rich communication stuff um yeah so and so the, I'll probably go one of the complaints shot. help me if i'm just I, I just didn't know how this worked or whatever but when i was on an android for a short time period anytime i received a group text message, um, especially if it originated from a, uh, an Apple ecosystem, or if I was maybe the only one that wasn't uh, on Apple at the time, um, I would get just different streams. Like it wouldn't come across yeah. as a group. 
Yeah, so so only a problem. That? It's only a problem when you're working with uh, iOS users, and and I assume because any other application on any other device on any version of Google, you get perfectly fine uh, group messaging. Is that it's a way that iMessenger works? But yeah, we I still have problems. It seems with that, really so. weird, really broken, man. Because oh, I, I agree. I, I blame users. I blame yeah. Apple. Because of their walled Apple's garden fault. approach I mean, to all of that stuff, but yeah. the, the bright side, and it, I mean, surprise, surprise, I'm going to blame Apple, but um, I, I think there's probably a good. No, I will blame Apple I don't on think it too. Because Google it, it, has plenty yeah. of might to fix that on their end. Obviously, there's something else going on there, but um, the nice thing I'll say nice is that it makes it really a lot easier to get other users off of iMessenger and google's whatever sms message like uh, more people are on telegram because of cross lack of cross-platform yeah. support um that's in why we iMessage. talk on telegram as a yeah. group yeah so i i mean i've got my family on telegram and it's only because apple's iMessage and group messages to other platforms is awful yeah and they do encrypted communication yeah that too yeah no. all right telegram's great by the way cross cool man all, all the things right i mean mac yeah PC, Linux, all there's desktop agents for everything as well as your phone. It's it's good stuff. I can't get over this not swimming sponsored. robots drug <laughs> delivery. Yeah, not sponsored drug delivery <laughs> in the human body. Thing. That's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Like what uh, what do you it's want huge. us to print? There'll be like custom drug delivery things. You know? Yes. What, do you do you want the uh, the Mandalorian's razor crest delivering? <laughs> anyway, whatever. Fine. That would actually that be hilarious. All right. But, uh, I mean, got? to that point though, right? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know that much about the space, but if you can specialize the shape of the delivery vehicle, it's quite possible that things like targeted cancer treatment won't just be about the drug. It will also be about the vehicle that's carrying the drug because it will naturally gravitate to certain parts of the body or naturally find itself latching on to specific cellular shapes. Like that, that it, this is it's awesome. The stuff like this is really yeah, fascinating. It's like, what kind of uh, flavor cough syrup do you want? Do you want strawberry? Do you want grape? It's, you know, how do you want us to deliver your cancer treatment? Yeah. How do you, how do you want us to deliver your cancer treatment drug? Yeah. I want the razor crest, <laughs> please. Razor crest. Give it to me. Um, all right. So changing gears to something else that was really cool. And, and this is probably one of the best descriptions I've read about this, but um, are you familiar with GANs? Uh, so um, generative uh, adversarial networks. No, I don't think so. Okay, so I, I have Would seen stuff about this before. Adversarial network? Ge generative, yeah, sorry. Yeah, ge generative. So producing something, adversarial network, makes a lot more sense when you actually start to get into it. Oh, machine it. learning frameworks. It yes, is. Yes, yes, so, yes, yes. Okay. so I I have I had run into this site, and it's referenced in this Ars Technical article about this. But um, NVIDIA developed a new way to compress video calls. And it's based, basically, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I may butcher make simplifying this but essentially it's it going to send like a, a single yeah right um it's going to send a single high resolution frame to the other side to the receiver right so and then it's going to basically take a map of your face and the high resolution image of your face and then on the receiver side it's just going to take your voice and it's going to generate what your face should what? be doing in the video on that side of the conversation, dramatically reducing how much information is actually needed to be sent over. And I, I may have butchered something there, so forgive me, somebody that knows more about this. If you want no, to I saw this. Beat so, me up on the show, do it. 
<laughs> no, no, no. That that makes sense. Um, so I saw this. Nvidia had released um, the Maxine AI thing, is what? You're yeah, yeah, about exactly. There. And I, I saw the whole list of, of features. Um, some of it was like noise, can- like mm-hmm. you know, intelligent noise cancellation, all this kind of stuff. I didn't know that that's how that they would do that. Right? That's really cool. Well, yeah, I, I was fascinated by it, but. And, and I highly recommend folks go to Ars Technica. The title of the article is NVIDIA Use Neural Networks to Improve Video Calling Bandwidth by 10x. And um, the what, what I thought was really cool about this is that the article focuses quite a bit on what a generative adversarial network is, so what a GAN is. And um, if you've ever stumbled across this, I did a while back, but there's a website called thispersondoesnotexist.com. And if you go there, it's just a bunch of photorealistic faces that are not real. They have been generated by AI. And the, <laughs> the article... you go there and you find yourself? <laughs> I know, right? Be, be afraid. Be very afraid. But no, the, it's fascinating. Like, you look at these images, I guarantee you, uh, at least a good portion of them, you would not be able to tell are fake. Um, some of them you can, like there's just something off about the teeth or, or a certain feature. But generally speaking, they're really good. And the the description of a GAN in this case, again, generative adversarial network is effectively, it's a rapid way of training two AIs simultaneously by pitting them against each other. So you've got one AI that says just creates a random image. And you have another AI and its job is to look at that image and decide whether it was generated or it's a real image of something. And the one that created the image is going to judge the one that says it's, it is a success or a fail. And if it says it's a success, uh, you know, and, or, or if, if the adversary, right, says that's a fake image and it was indeed generated by the first AI, then the AI fixes the way that it's doing it based on that failure. And if it says it's not a fake image, but it was a fake image, it knows it did well and it fixes itself accordingly. And then on the other side of that, if, it's, if the one that's judging says it's fake and it's not fake, then it fixes itself and it says it's fake and it was fake, then it knows it did well and it gets better. So they both get better at creating and judging based on the feedback. So you get this echo feedback loop and you end up with something that's really good at producing fake images, but then you also get the corollary, which is something that's really good at finding them. Dude, this is this is almost creepy. I'm just hitting refresh on this person does not exist.com. It it looks so nuts. And it just looks like photos of people. It does. And none of them are real. I'm a thousand percent convinced though, that they're all real. Ah, Multiverse maybe. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, it's really cool stuff. It's really, really neat to dig into everything, everything. They're all like in different settings. Oh, oh, this one's weird. Okay. Yeah, I've got like a cyborg. Oh my God. I think I just found the exact same picture. Is it the lady that has like the weird metal eyebrow thing? Uh, Yeah. Like metal over her eyebrow. Yes. But look at the face next to it. Yeah. This happens a lot in the, in the AI generated people, like the backgrounds will start to also pick up facial features and, uh, and they, they get weird. Oh, this is creepy. <laughs> it is super cool, though. It's it's neat technology. That was the best description I've seen of a GAN. Um, it was very easy to understand. It's very cool. Anyways, so NVIDIA released the Maxine stuff. That was kind of the, the point of the article. And obviously, this isn't brand new. They've talked about this for a little while. But they're talking about bringing it to the cloud. It's not a consumer-facing thing. This was just sort of a neat application of it. The one thing that stood out, though, is guess how this will, will work for you uh, at home? And the answer uh, is 
only going to happen if the recipient has the latest NVIDIA graphics card. So not me. Russ is probably fine because it doesn't matter what day we're talking about it. He has the latest NVIDIA graphics card. <laughs> Did you notice? So something I noticed this past week on Zoom or maybe it was last week. Um, the So if you have it in gallery view and you see all the different speakers, the person that the people that are not speaking, they go to a lower resolution. Oh, neat. Yeah. No, I, I didn't notice that. New feature. Yeah. They that's get to smart, lower though. And, and, at the, and, and also, um, you can now drag the boxes around. Yeah, oh, nice. Right? That's yeah. good. So I can like it's so stack annoying. rank people in the middle of a call or something, right? <laughs> okay, that's not what I was thinking, but that's It's funny. a joke. Come on. I know, Come on. It's I know, a joke. I know. I know. It's a I'm fun just kidding. show. But, but that makes sense, right? Because I've had that problem, especially with big monitors. The, the person you're speaking to is in the bottom right and is wildly yeah. far away from your camera. You as can possible. now drag so and You don't even them. get the semblance of eye contact, whereas if I could take it to the top and center it, at least it'd be a little better. That's right. It's like I'm looking That's at right. their upper lip or something. <laughs> there was I actually, hate that about video I, communication. Like, it's so hard to look at somebody and get their body language while staring at a camera. Um, and yeah, you're not making true. eye contact if you're not staring at the camera. So, I was reading uh, there was some software earlier this week. Uh, I don't know. Does it fix your gaze? Know. I kind of find it. Yeah, that's what it does, right? So it cool. artificially changes your eyes to look directly into the camera. So that way it looks like you're looking uh, into the camera, even I though you're that. looking at your screen. Done. Give yeah, me that. I think that's, that's probably going to, there's probably going to be some instances where you're like kind of looking off to the side or something and your eyes are still staring straight to the camera. Oh, that would be uh, funny. It will look a little weird. Or like, what if it gets one eye right and not the other eye? <laughs> <laughs> that that would be great or or it it just like you're oh. staring at the camera but somehow it starts to make people uncomfortable like that i could see that being a little <laughs> right. messy right it's like you are you were just unblinking like see it froze and you're just gazing into my soul steve can you turn off your camera please <laughs> <laughs> sarah i'm gonna need you to stop looking at me oh man oh, okay uh, uh all right i i gotta go <laughs> Yeah, we're creeping a little bit. I, I want to hate on one thing real quick. So Hulu okay. hiked their rate to match YouTube TV. Um, and this was a couple days back now because I think I've had it in the notes for a bit. Um, and all I could think when I saw it was, dang it, the, the streamers are getting more and more and more like the carriers that they were supposed to replace. Yeah. Like, you weren't yep. supposed to be evil. But, uh, but they're all doing it. Um, I saw one... Uh, another article, I don't even think I put it in the notes, but apparently AT&T jacked the price of uh, DirecTV amidst well, losing users and looking to sell it off. So it's kind of like, I don't know, I feel like they're just napalm bombing people. That this this is the perfect time for the famous Batman quote. You either die a hero or you live long <laughs> enough to see yourself become the villain. Exactly and on that note. Yeah. That brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thank you all for joining us. This was fun. We missed you, Russ. Uh, we love having everyone in the group on the show all the time. But we hope everyone enjoyed our back and forth this morning and got a little something out of our articles. If there's something we missed or something you'd like to talk about or you can come and drop some hot knowledge on all the topics we get excited about, please do hit us up. Let us know. Have a wonderful weekend. It's Friday. Yay. Thanks awesome. for subscribing. Thanks for sharing it with your friends. Thanks for supporting us on Patreon. Have a good one, y'all. See ya.